Good morning. Come on, we can do a little better than that. Good morning. Come on, how's everybody doing this morning? Good, we're awake, we're alive. It is a little chilly outside, but that's why God invented jackets and coffee and thermoses and warm hugs. Come on, everybody said amen. That's so good. Uh, I'm excited to be here. My name, if it's your first time joining with us this morning, my name is Josh. I'm the worship pastor here at Branches, and I'm excited you're here. I'm excited for a couple of reasons. Number one, I really believe that God is doing something in our community. I believe he's doing something in our church. Uh, I also, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that if you're here this morning, uh, there's a reason for it, and maybe it's a, a friend that invited you, and you're just here because you heard we got good coffee and donuts, which they're not lying. It, it is good stuff, uh, but I believe that God has been chasing you down. He wants to have a relationship with you. I believe that he's the creator of the universe, that he gave his son to die for us, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And I believe that he's here this morning. He wants to have a relationship with you. Uh, if we would lean into what it is that he's saying this morning, I believe that we can leave changed with an encounter with him and go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, I, I'm really excited if you are, maybe you missed last week, we're in week two uh, of our series called Be Rich. Uh, I love this series for a couple of reasons, but mainly we, we just get such an opportunity to make a huge pointed impact in our community, uh, partnering with a lot of awesome organizations uh, around Columbia County to just try and make a difference in uh, our county and the greater Portland metro area, uh, be it through giving financially or giving with our time. Uh, and last week, if you did miss it, you can go onto our website, branches.tv. Uh, there's an awesome little tab there that says messages. And you can go back. You can listen to Timmy's sermon last week. Uh, send it to a friend. It's all good things. Uh, but today, we're actually continuing kind of a, a lot of what Timmy was talking about, about giving of our, our finances. We're talking about giving of our time. And and serving this morning. And I don't want this to kind of sound like this is a shameless plug to get you to volunteer. Um, although here we go, shameless plug to get you to volunteer. Um, if you call Branches Church your home, uh, we're not just wanting volunteers just so that we have like awesome, big, cool teams. But there's a lot of need uh, in our community and even in the different departments of church. And I really believe, and I, I believe we as a church believe this, that you're created uh, with gifts, with abilities, things that God has that are unique to you and, and talents that he has created you specifically with. And and they're not to just like be squandered, but he wants to use those to further his kingdom. And maybe you're uh, really awesome and you have the gift of patience, right? And you can handle sitting around with middle schoolers, which is a gift from God because they smell bad. Um, but we love them, and, and, and God loves them. And if that's you, and you just have a heart for middle schoolers or, or high schoolers to just walk with them in, in the hardships of high school, and they're st them still trying to figure out what their future is like. We have an awesome team on Wednesday night. Adam and Alicia are killing it on Wednesday night. Uh, or even if you just have a Wednesday night free, and you're looking for something to do, hey, come and serve at youth group. There are awesome kids there, and uh, they're doing an awesome job. Or if you love little kids, and you just want to see the, that younger generation come to know who Jesus is, uh, Vicky and our children's department, man, we we have like kids popping out of rooms like we, we, need a, we need a bigger space, honestly. We got so many kids. But it is an awesome thing. It's a great place to serve. Or if you, anybody love people, like any people, people in here, come on, show of hands, people, people, let's go. You can be loud. I know it's for service, but people, people, we have an awesome uh, greeting team that uh, stands out front every Sunday morning, just making people feel warm and welcome as they come in. Uh, any not people, people in here? Yeah, I, I that's actually real bold that y'all, you're like, yes, I'm done with this already. Can you please hurry up? Uh, if you're not people, people, we have a booth in the back that you can just kind of hide in the dark. Um, 
awesome place to serve. Isaac is killing it back there. Uh, and if you're a musician, you just love to sing and sing praises. Hey, myself or any one of our worship team members, we'd love to just get to know you. Uh, the big thing is we believe that you are created for a purpose and you have gifts and God has made each and every single one of us uh, intrinsically valuable and that you have skills that I believe God wants to use. Uh, and so if you're not serving in branches as your home church, then come join a team. We just want to hang out with you and get to know you. Um, but really, when we look at serving, uh, I, I think we'd be surprised to see, specifically we're going to look in the words of Jesus this morning and a couple interactions that Jesus has with some awesome people that kind of flip the idea of what serving is and really changes the uh, definition and direction of it. But before we get too crazy, uh, can, we, can we pray? I'm just going to pray for us. If we could close our eyes and bow our heads. I'm just going to pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you so much for what it is that you're doing in our midst. God, I thank you for uh, the cross. God, I thank you for the forgiveness of sins. God, I thank you that uh, you have a plan and a purpose for us, God, to use us to, to glorify you and to further your kingdom and let the world know that you are who you say you are. And God, I just pray this morning that if there's anyone here that is far from you or doesn't know you, God, I pray that you reveal yourself to them. God, that we can have an encounter with you this morning, that we would be changed. God, I pray that this just wouldn't be another regular uh, a Sunday of us uh, here at church. God, I pray that you would come and do something in our midst, God, that we would leave changed. Lord, we love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. So we're talking about serving, and, and, and I like definitions, and I like kind of word association. Um, and if I were to say the word serve, uh, maybe if you're like in here this morning, and you're a tennis junkie, any tennis junkies in here this, this morning, couple people, that's probably good. We'll pray for those people. Um, tennis is awesome. It's actually funny. Tennis is like the one thing that I like, I don't understand, because you're just, it's like glorified ping pong, where it just goes back and forth. And my wife, she loves playing tennis, and we live kind of close by the tennis courts. So uh, in the summer, she'd be like, let's go play tennis. And I'm like, let's just buy a ping pong table. It's the same thing, and we don't have to go anywhere. Be much better. Uh, but you think of like tennis or volleyball, and there's like that idea you're serving it to the, your opponent, the person across from you. Um, if you spend any time in hospitality or the food industry, you think of serving as like waiters and waitresses, and their job is to make sure that your water is full, that your food is at your table, that they didn't mess up on anything, that essentially any needs you have are, are just kind of met. And even we look in scripture, we see the apostles, they address servants, and Jesus, he addresses servants. And we kind of see kind of back in the day there were households and estates that they had servants. And the job of those people were to make sure that the needs of the family were met. And so we're looking at this idea of serving and really what it means to serve. And I believe Jesus gives us a great definition of what it means to serve. And it's found in Matthew chapter 20. And there's this interesting interaction that Jesus has with his disciples. Now, these two guys, James and John and their mom, they kind of come to Jesus. And James, is, their, their mom is like, hey, I want them to sit on the right and the left hand of you when they get to heaven. And Jesus is like, Girl, you don't really know what you're asking right now. Like, that's, that, that's a lot more than you think it is. And so he has this kind of interaction with him and his disciples, and he's like, you guys, I, I need to bring you close and really understand what it means, because their heart, they just wanted to be with God. They, they wanted to be great. They wanted to be important. They wanted to be special. And here's God, and he pulls his disciples together, and, and we're going to pick it up here, Matthew chapter 20, verse 25. It says, but Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world, they lord it over their people. And officials, they flaunt their authority over those under them. And then he addresses them as the disciples. He says, but among you, but among you, if you're a Jesus person here this morning, listen to this. He says, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must also be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Jesus he uses this kind of intense language. He's like, hey, if you want to be first, you should be last. If you want to be great, if you want to be a leader, you should serve people. 
And even Jesus, he says this amazing statement in verse 28. He says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. He says, not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus, he's defining what it means to serve. He's defining what it means. Actually, he's saying it's not a one-off kind of thing, right? This isn't a box that we just simply check. He's like, this is a way of living. He says, I came not to be served, but to serve, and to do so by laying down my life for those around me. You know, it's kind of interesting as we're getting kind of the Advent season and Christmas. Uh, I love Christmas. Any Christmas people in here? Who's already got their decorations up, listening to music? I see hands went down all of a sudden. That's concerning. I love Christmas. Not that much. Um, who, who's my, okay, I'm, I'm going to be, we're going to be honest. Can we be honest? It's church. We should do this. Just press the pause button for a second. Who thinks it's okay to decorate before Thanksgiving? Okay, I'm coming to your houses for Christmas. Uh, I got roommates, <coughs> Isaac, and uh, they say you, you can't decorate before, before Thanksgiving. And so we had a wrestling match, but he's bigger than I am. So we're waiting till after Thanksgiving um, and it's fine. Uh, my wife and I, we would always decorate on like Halloween. Like that's how crazy we are. And people will look at us and be like, they'll scoff. And I'm like, it's not your house. I'm not coming to your house and decorating. You don't have to decorate. That's fine. But for me and my household, we will decorate on Halloween. Uh, amen. <laughs> and we get kind of close to the Advent season and we see, it kind of is peculiar to me though. Because we look at Jesus and who he is, like he's stepping out from the throne room of heaven and he's coming to a baby in a manger, like with no roof above his head in like a pit of stinky animals. Anyone ever like spent time around stinky animals? There's a reason that Dolce & Gabbana's new scent is not barnyard, right? <laughs> they stink, like it doesn't smell good. And here's the king of the universe. He's coming into a manger in, in this like barn. He, the, he's not coming as a king. He's not coming as a prince of someone of like, like pomp and circumstance and, and worldly authority. He came as a, a baby in a manger. And he's showing his disciples, he's like, I didn't come here to be served. And if anyone deserves to be served, I would think it's the king of the universe. And he's saying, I didn't come to be served, but instead I came to serve. And how? By laying down my life. Not by like holding the door open occasionally, like extra awkwardly long when they're still like kind of getting out of their car. And you're like, no, come on, like I'll hold it for you. And it's just like really awkward. And I'm actually taking longer getting out of my car just so you'll stop holding the door for me so I can like open it myself because I'm trying to avoid that awkward situation. Anyone else been there? If you haven't, it's probably because you're the guy holding the door open. But we see this amazing way that Jesus begins to define what it means to serve. It's not a one-off thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a way that you live. Jesus is actually challenging the disciples to change the way that they see themselves and to change the way that they see other people. And I believe Jesus is even speaking to us this morning, and he's saying that when it comes to serving, we need to change the way we view ourselves, and we need to change the way that we view other people. Because here are the disciples saying, I want to be better than them, and I want to be greater than them, and I want to be better known than them. And Jesus is saying, you got it backwards. It's not about making ourselves great. It's about humbling ourselves. It's about serving other people and loving them and meeting them where they're at. And Jesus, I love Jesus so much, man. He, he's the best person at, like, living what he preaches. Like, he's the opposite of a hypocrite. Like, he'll say something, and then, like, in five minutes later, he's, like, living it out and being, like, see? And they're like, oh, 
I get it now. And so Jesus, he kind of, uh, there, there's this interaction that he has that I want to go into because I believe, I believe that he really kind of shows us what this looks like. In Mark chapter 5, we see this story. And just before this, uh, Jesus, he's in this boat. He goes across this lake and there's this guy who's possessed by like something like 2,000 demons, which seems like he must have been a really like large guy or something. I don't know how that works. Maybe they're like in his knees or something. And he's possessed by all these demons and he comes out and Jesus goes to cast out all these demons. And mind you, like everything Jesus did like the disciples are just kind of like bystanders and like witnessing this and Jesus talks to this guy and the cast out the demons and the demons go into this herd of pigs and the pigs like run down this hill and go into the water and, and drown themselves and if I was like one of the disciples I'd be like it's too early for this like I need to stop hanging out with Peter by the campfire too late because this is this is just some weird stuff um, I've seen some weird things in my life, but I've never seen that. Uh, and right after this, Jesus, he gets back into the boat, and we pick it up here. Mark chapter 5, verse 21, it says, Jesus got back into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. It goes on, it says, Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, Jairus, the parents could have called him Jared, and that would have been a lot easier. Name was, we're going to call him Jairus because that phonetically just sounds correct. Uh, Jairus arrived, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. He said, my little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her and heal her so she can live. Painting the picture for you, here's Jesus. He just did this amazing miracle, right? Really important thing. And he's like getting out of the boat while he's on the shore. And this guy sees him and comes running up to him. And he's like, hey, I, I need your help, Jesus. My, my daughter, she's dying, and I just need you to come and heal her. And there's no reference point for like what time it is. Like it could have been like one in the morning. It could have been eight in the morning. Jesus could have like one foot kind of getting out of the boat. And he's like, what is this guy doing? And, and all the disciples are kind of with him. He could have looked at Jairus and been like, man, I just got to be honest with you. Like I'm exhausted. Like, I just watched 2,000 pigs run into the water. Like, I'm still recovering from that. He could have been like, I I'm just on my way to McDonald's. I just am craving a McGriddle right now. Can you just wait? Can you just be patient with me for like two seconds? He could have looked at Jairus and been like, man, I'm not even going that way. He's like, I, I got other things I got to do. And, and arguably, like from a human standpoint, literally anything that Jesus is doing is more important than what I'm doing, right? Because he's Jesus. He's like doing the Lord's ministry because he's kind of... <clears throat> the Lord. So everything that he is doing is this like mass importance. And here is this guy coming to essentially look at Jesus and be like, I know you got stuff to do, but can you come and help me? And Jesus's response was, sorry, bro, can't, can't today. Just a little too inconvenient for me. No, it says in the next verse, it's like, Jesus went with him. Like, he's just like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Let's go to Jairus's house. And if I was one of the disciples, I'd be like, can we eat first? Like coffee now, please. Like, I would love that. And it says, Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. You see, there's two things that I want to look at from, from this story and the next one that I believe that we can take away when it comes to serving and living like Jesus. And the first one is, in the busyness, in everything that Jesus was doing, Jesus was willing to be inconvenienced. Jesus was willing to be inconvenienced. He had stuff to do, places to go, people to talk to, lame people to, to heal, blind people to heal. He had amazing things that he was doing. He was about doing the ministry. And here's this guy that comes to just totally pull him off to the side. And Jesus was willing to be inconvenienced. You see, the crazy thing is like, again, Jesus was on a mission. He's already doing the ministry. He's doing these amazing things. And regardless of what he was doing, he allowed himself to say, I love Jairus so much. He, he means so much more to me than the things that I would be doing that I, I'm going to go and I'm going to help Jairus. I'm going to go hang out with him. I'm, I'm going to meet this need. 
And the thing is, it, it probably wasn't on like the to-do list of the day. Like when the disciples woke up, I can imagine like one of the disciples, definitely not Peter, who has like the to-do list for t- the day. He's like going through all the things. He's like, okay, Jesus, McGriddle is number one. I'm also really hungry. Is anybody else? It's just like McGriddles are just popping in my head. So I apologize if I'm like making anybody else hungry. He's like, hey, we got to go to McDonald's. We, we got to make sure we do the laundry because it's, there's 12 guys here and they don't shower. Um, there's all these other things we got to do today, Jesus. And, and they have all these things that, that are going on. And, and I know that this wasn't part of the to-do list because the chapter would have been like Jesus hangs out with his BFF Jairus, right? But that's not what the chapter is. And so Jesus is allowing himself to be interrupted, to be pulled away from what he's doing to go and follow him home. And he followed Jairus home. It's kind of interesting, too, from like a human perspective. Like, I don't think Jesus even knew who Jairus was. Like, from a human standpoint, obviously, he's like fully God, so like he knows Jairus. But from a, from a guy's standpoint, just like a human standpoint, he had no idea who this guy was. And if I'm like one of the disciples walking with Jesus, I'm like, hey, should we like vet this dude first? Like, do we know who he is? Like, do we know what his background is? Like, does he really even need help? Or is he just trying to, like, get an Instagram photo with you? Like, what's going on? Like, this seems kind of, like, random and, and really slightly sketchy. It says, but Jesus allowed himself and was willing to be inconvenienced, to be pulled away. I have a question I kind of want to ask us this morning. Um, how often in our own lives are, are we willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of another person? How often are we willing to be inconvenienced in our own lives for the sake of another? Um, I, I had an awesome, well, I, I work at Cathedral Coffee. It's right across the street from the police station on Columbia. Awesome place. I'm not biased at all. Best coffee in town. Uh, I'm not paid to say that, but I am paid. Uh, and I, I, when we first started working there, we had this girl who was managing the shop. Her name was Maya. She was really sweet. And we're kind of professionals at this point at dealing with, like, pre-coffee people. You know, there's a reason that there's, like, bumper stickers that say, like, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee. It's like there's a mug I saw that said, like, coffee first, people later. And I'm like, man, sometimes I really do be like that. And I get that. I, I can be pre-coffee at times. And we have grace for those people. Um, and I just remember venting to Maya one day. And I like had a hard interaction with a customer who was just like being unkind to me. And I'm like, baristas are people too, man. Like, come on. Like, I'm having a hard day also. And I went up to Maya and I'm like, man, some people. And she's like, not really. And I'm like, what do you mean? She said, I make the decision before I come into work every day that my preferences, uh, my needs, my desires, my wants, I leave those in the car for when I come into work so that I can just love people. And I was like, okay, what? I'm like, you can do that? She's like, yeah, I just clothed myself with Christ. It's really easy. You should try it sometime. And I'm like, are you firing me? Is that what's happening right now? But I began to kind of think on that a little bit more. And I realized that us as Jesus people, even though I have things to do and I have a to-do list and I have stuff to do, are, are my things that I have to do in a day, are they more important than the people that God would put in my path for me to just love on? Because here's Jesus who had stuff to do and he allowed himself to be pulled away to go and do really what is the ministry. He allowed himself to be inconvenienced, to be pulled off to the side, to to meet a need of someone. And regardless of how I feel, regardless of if I'm having a good day or a bad day, I'm gonna choose to, to do what God has for me in the day. And I love that Jesus exemplifies this. There's another thing, as this story kind of goes on, we see another thing from Jesus, and, and I love this. So Jesus now, he's, he's off the beach. He's walking to Jairus' house with, you guessed it, Jairus. And in verse 25, we see, it says that there's a, this crowd following him, and a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years 
with constant bleeding, just like a short couple 12 years. 12 years of constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay for them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. So she had heard about Jesus. Uh, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. So here's Jesus again, walking to Jairus' house. Everybody's kind of walking with him. There's a big crowd. This woman kind of breaks through the crowd, like kind of sneaks like behind the crowd, like behind Jesus, hopefully not doing this because like that's noticeable. If you're like walking around and you see somebody walking like that, you should probably say something or call someone because that's not normal. And this woman... She's walking up behind Jesus and is thinking, if I can just touch his robe, then I'll be healed. It says, immediately as she does, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? It says, his disciples said to him, look at the crowd pressing around you, Jesus. How can you ask who touched me? Like Jesus is in like the middle of a rock concert, like on like general admission floor. Everyone's like bumping into him and he's like, hey, who elbowed me? And it's like, everybody, that's what we're doing here. We're not listening to music. We're elbowing each other. This is a rock concert. This is what we're doing. And so Jesus is in this crowd. Everyone's kind of grabbing at him, wanting to like get selfies with him and all those things. And Jesus stops because why? He feels this power leave him. And he says, wait, 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 there's a need here. And so he actually stops what he's doing. It says, it says, but he kept on looking. Even though the disciples were like, keep going, Jesus. Like, we have a place to be. Like, we have something to do right now. Remember Jairus and like the dying little girl? Like, that's important. And Jesus, it says, he stops and he keeps looking around to see who had done it. He said, no, you don't understand. There's something more important here than the task. There, there is someone here that needs help. There is a need here. It says, the frightened woman trembling uh, at the realization of what had happened to her came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he had said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. There's this beautiful picture that I see of Jesus, even in the doing, in the middle of what he was doing, he stops. Jesus was willing to be inconvenienced and Jesus was willing to be interrupted. Anyone love being interrupted? Like it's a fun thing, right? Like parents with kids, where you're like trying to have a conversation with someone and like the kid is just like, mom, 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 mom. And you're like, oh, I know what that word means. You don't have to say it a hundred million times. I get it. But you see, Jesus, he's willing to be interrupted. He's willing to be paused. That the things that he's doing, he's willing to stop and meet us where we're at. While he was on task, somebody responds to him. And the thing that is amazing to me is Jesus' response is he's not like, he doesn't just kind of keep going, feel the power, leave him, kind of like at the chills. He's like, oh, and then keep walking and be like, hey, whoever that was, cool, just Venmo me. Like, it's cool, like whatever. He, he doesn't just like keep walking. Or he's not like, hey, can you like stop? I'm, can't you see I'm doing something? Jesus, hello, like important on mission. Like, can you not bother me right now? No, he stops what he's doing and he responds with mercy. He responds with grace. He responds with patience. He says, yeah, you're, you are important. The person is important, more important than the task and the thing that I'm doing. And he stops. The thing that is amazing to me is that he was not too busy for this woman. In our own lives, as we're pursuing what it means to follow Jesus, as we're pursuing what it means to really serve people around us, man, are we too busy? Are my tasks more important than the people that are around me? Because if they are, I think I'm missing something somewhere. Anyone ever heard that uh, phrase, I'm too busy to go to church? Obviously not us because we're here. <laughs> Blah twist, right? Like we're here. We're not too busy to go to church. But the thing that I would hate to see it get to is I'm, I'm not too busy to go to church, but I'm too busy to be the church. 
I'm not too busy to go to church on Sunday, but I'm too busy to be the church on Monday. Or it's easy for me to go to church on Sunday. It's part of my regular schedule. It's part of my, my like, thing that I do. But, but Tuesday, I'm busy. See, the thing I was kind of thinking about this, at the end of my life, I'm not held accountable to God that if I got to the bank by five. But I am held accountable to God that did I do what he told me to do? Was I obedient? And did I steward the gifts and the things that he gave me? You see, the thing is, is I think the devil loves it when we're busy. Oh man, he loves it when we get so locked up in our tasks and the things that we gotta do that we're just missing every person that God puts in our path. And he wants us to keep us there. You know, the thing is, I, I really, I'm convinced that the devil doesn't even care that we go to church. He's like, go to church. Go to church on Sunday. Go and do it. Yeah, that's great. Drink the coffee. I hear it's awesome. But just don't be the church. You got things to do. You're busy. You got stuff and things. And you got that task. And you got, you got, you got the things you got to do. You should do those things. Don't be the church. Go to church. Don't be the church. And I think the devil wants to keep us there. And Jesus is saying it's, it's not about the event or the thing that you do. It's about the way that you live. And serving is not a one-off thing. But serving is this lifestyle that says, regardless of how I'm feeling, I'm going to love the people that are around me. Uh, there was this thing in, in college where I, I had some friends of mine. They started talking about this thing. It was the first time I'd heard this word. They would talk about this thing called divine appointments. Divine appointments. And I always thought that was kind of like when your pastor is your dentist. Like, it's a divine appointment. I'm going to go have Timmy work on my jaw. Please don't have Timmy work on your jaw. Um, but divine appointments and what that really means, and I had a friend of mine in college, he was like, no, man, it's where, like, you pray that God would put people in your path to, like, interrupt you. And I'm like, that's dumb. Like, why would I want that? Like, God, please interrupt my day. It's like, I have things to do in the day. And the more I began to, like, go through school, and the more I began to actually kind of begin to ask for this. And I'm like, actually, no, that seems like a good Christian thing to do. Like, God, put people in my path that I can pray for and love, thinking that God's going to do it when it's convenient for me. Like, when my homework's done, and when it's, like, a little bit later at night, but not too late because your boy wants to go to sleep. Uh, not, not when it's, like, inconvenient for me when I'm, like, trying to, like, get somewhere, and I'm, like, already running late, and I'm, like, halfway in my car, and I'm like, uh-huh, 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 yeah, yep, no. Like, God's going to bring it when the time is convenient. And plot twist, he doesn't bring it when it's convenient. He brings it when it's incredibly inconvenient because he's like, are you going to choose the person over the thing? And I remember I was uh, opening at Cathedral one early morning. It's dark outside. It's wet because Portland. Um, and it's cold. It's rainy. It's dark. And I'm like kind of getting all the things ready. And I've been praying. I'm like, God, put somebody in my path. Like, like help, me, help me understand what this really means. And so I open the shop and this woman comes in and it's early and I'm like, hey, how's it going? And she's like, yeah, whatever. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm like, what do you, what do you have? And I get her coffee set and I get her thing made and I hand it over. I'm like getting ready to hand it over to you. And I just kind of felt impressed, like just moved a little bit with compassion. I'm like, hey, how are you? Because like anybody with two eyes and a brain can tell when somebody's like having a bad day. And it's usually because they walk around like this. If somebody's doing this, like they're probably having a bad day. And she was kind of just seeming like she was down in the dumps. And so I'm like, hey, how are you? And she was like, you don't mean that. And I'm like, I, I do. Yeah, no, I'm genuine. Like, what, how are you? And she says, I'm doing really bad. And I'm like, well, I'm in it now. So I'm like, okay, why are you not doing good? She said, my mom just passed away. And I immediately, my heart just broke. And there's no one else in the coffee shop. And I kind of felt this little like tap on my shoulder. And God was like, divine appointment. 
And you can, you can say, oops, sorry, that really sucks. Coffee's on me today. Do my good deed for the day and just kind of like God bless. And I just was, my heart just broke for this woman. And I'd never met her. I have no idea who she was. And I said, ma'am, what, what was your mom's name? She said, I think it was like Jeanette or Janet. And I'm like, okay. And I, I just said, can I, can I pray for you? And she looked at me and she's like, what? And I'm like, can I pray for you? She said, sure. And so just in the moment, I can't remember what I prayed, probably something like God helped it, help her in the time of grieving and all that stuff. And as she, as we got done, I'm like, hey, just know that I believe there's a God in heaven. He loves you. You're not alone. She kind of looked at me quizzically and I said, God bless you. Have a good day. And she just got her coffee and left. I've never seen her again. But there are moments in life that I feel God puts people in front of us to serve and to love. And then it's a lifestyle that when we see people, when there's a need, when they're hurting, that as Jesus would be, like we'd pause, that he would allow himself to be interrupted, that he would allow himself to be inconvenienced, to say, God, I'm gonna be used by you. I just wanna love the people that are around me. You know, the amazing thing is we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. God, he could save the whole world in an instant like that and we could all be in heaven. Like he could just like blink and then we're all there and it's like, oh, great mission accomplished. She could do that. But he chose to use you. He chose to use me that we could be the only Jesus that somebody sees. And we have an awesome opportunity through this series to be able to partner with some awesome organizations. And I wanna throw that QR code up real quick because we have an awesome opportunity to give. Maybe it's financially, but I want to actually challenge you and encourage you to give of something that's a little bit more precious because I can always make more money, but I can't make more time. And I don't want you to sign up for a thing just to sign up for a thing because I, I want it to actually start here. That these events that we go and we partner with these organizations to go and serve, that this would be the beginning of a lifestyle change that we would say, God, I'm going to give my life for you. I'm not going to give just my Sunday morning, but I'm going to give every part of me. That I'm not just going to go to church, but God, I'm going to be the church. That come Monday, come Tuesday, come Wednesday, I'm going to choose to be the hands and feet of Jesus. That I'm going to suppress my own needs and say, God, I'm dying to myself. God, I'm laying my life down. Lord, I'm going to be used by you to make an impact for the people of Columbia County. Oh, come on, I'm preaching now, somebody. That we would say, I'm going to look for the people who are hurting, the who are broken and say, I believe that there is a God in heaven who loves you, who died for you, who wants to have a relationship with you. And it's our job to bring that Jesus to them. If you guys want to stand up, I'm just going to pray for us. We're going to sing another song. My mom had that phrase. She would tell me all the time. She'd say, Joshua, boy, you could be the only Jesus that somebody sees. And she would tell me that all the time. It began to change the way that I saw other people, the way that I saw myself. That when someone's rude to me, it's an opportunity to just show them the love of Jesus. That when someone's having a bad day, it's an opportunity for me to just pray. That when someone's hurting and when there's a need, it's an opportunity for me to say, God, what can I do? Lord, how can I help? I don't want to be too busy. I refuse to be too busy to be the church. So I want to pray for us this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just pray that you would come in. Move in us. God, I pray that you would break our hearts for what breaks yours. Lord, that when we see people who are in need, God, that we can't sit still. God, I pray that you would help us to, to even if it's as something as simple as freeing up our schedules, Lord, that we would be able to, to be used by you. Lord, be it through volunteering. God, be it through uh, just being used by you on a regular basis. Father, help us to just change our lives so that we would be able to follow after you. Lord, to uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus in our communities. God, I pray that you would empower us, Father, that we would be able to uh, know when you've put those people in our path, God, that we could just be like you and be Jesus to somebody. Lord, we just love you. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.